Good morning, church. Good morning. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 32 all the way down to chapter 3, verse, chapter 12, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 from 32 to chapter 12, verse 3. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, and quenched the violence of fire, and escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weaknesses, out of weakness were made strong became valiant in battle, turned to, to flight of the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stopped, they were stoned, they were, they were sawn into two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the desert and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, it will all be worth it when we see Jesus. Or say it like you mean it. It will all be worth it when we see Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes as Christians, we get discouraged, we get weary, we get, you know, disillusioned because we see things that could have been. Or we see others rejoicing. I've heard somebody give a testimony and say that when I used to be an unbeliever, I had four boyfriends or five boyfriends. One used to buy my shoes. One used to buy my bags. One used to take me to a nightclub. One used to get me my meals. One took me on holidays. Then I gave my life to Christ. And I became broke. Because all the boys left. Hallelujah. You know, and things like that, sometimes they make us discouraged and they make us feel like it's not worth serving the Lord. 
Are you with me? But I want you to understand that the, the scripture we read, it says that the older generation, the generations gone in times past, they suffered afflictions. They suffered scourges. They suffered wants. They were, they were destitute. They, they, they were ashamed. All because of Christ. And they did it because of the faith they had in God. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for. So faith is based on hope. As Christians, what we have is the hope that it will be worth it all. Can I say it again? As Christians, what we have is the hope that it will be worth it all. And I'm, I'm sure some of us in this room, or most of us in this room, we can look at our lives and say that our lives are marginally or, or, or remarkably better than those of, of our friends who are not saved. Even now. Because when we sleep, we sleep. Are you with me? We don't wake up in strange beds. Uh, let, let, the, let the listener understand. What the spirit says. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? You wake up in the morning in a bed that you are not used to, in a room that you know you know not, by somebody that you are not very sure. You don't remember, and then you are trying to find his name, and you can't find his name, and you don't want to be rude to ask him who are you. So when the person gets up to go to the loo or something, you want to get the, the, the wallet and see his name. Some have woken up in gutters and are woken up, you know, by the side of the road in the midst of uh, vomit and everything. They're preaching. Hallelujah. So even, even now, Sunday morning, I mean, there are some people, they are now going home. And they can't find one shoe. <laughs> they can't find one shoe. And they are going home. They are holding one high heel. And they don't know where the other one is. Their tights are torn. The makeup is all frazzled. They look like... Uh, <laughs> they look like zombies. <laughs> so even now, when we look at our lives... Our lives are much better than they used to be. Somebody said that I am not what I, 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 uh, I am not where I want to be, but I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. At least there's improvement. But I tell you that when Christ comes, it will be worth it all. Our Christian life, the choice we have made, will be worth it when Jesus comes. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you that it will be worth it all. It will be worth it. Hallelujah. Amen. It will be worth serving the Lord. Amen. It will be worth coming to church on Sunday morning when others are asleep. When it's a good time to lie in, it will be worth it all. You see, there is a difference between a life that is amidst advice and a free-flowing life without advice. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying, but if you see two children, that one had uh, parents who were very, very interested in their lives and kept advising them and kept, uh, you know, correcting and, 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 and uh, steering them 
along the path of righteousness. You know, when the time when they're going through that time, it's not very, very nice. They don't enjoy it. They think that their parents are too much, they are restricting their happiness. They, they are not like their friends who sit, you know, on the lower side, on the left side, and they have their freedom. They can play basketball to whatever time, they can smoke whatever they want to smoke, they can drink whatever they want to drink, they can go wherever they want to. And you want me, I'm always under curfew. And it's like you are not giving me my freedom. Mm. I want my freedom. I am a grown man. Why are you only 13? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But one of them, your friend who didn't have any advice, who was not restrained, who was not corrected, who was not restricted, when they are 21, the law court will have to restrict them. The judge will have to imprison them. They will have to serve 21 years in prison because they were not corrected when they were 13. Was it yesterday or the day? No, Friday. Friday, we, we had a prayer meeting, and then uh, Michael gave us a break for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, 20 minutes. So I went to sit in my office, and I was going through. I think social media, I was looking at uh, Facebook and then there was somebody who was showing a funeral of a young boy who was stabbed in London. I think the boy was about 13. He was 15. He was stabbed. You know, I, I was watching the funeral and before I knew it, I was weeping. I was really weeping. And I, I don't, I'm not a cry person. I'm not a weepy person, but I was crying because I saw two lives that are destroyed. The life of the one who, has, who is dead and the life of the one who killed that one. Even if he's not caught, his life is ruined. Hallelujah. And when we think about Jesus and the difference he makes, Jesus would have saved that boy who pulled the knife. Are you with me? And so we should not be ashamed of the cross that we carry. We should not be ashamed of the tag of Christianity. It is, it is, even in this life before we die, it is worth it. Are you with me? Yeah. I have friends who are strung out on drugs today. You know, my, my friend's father passed away. Yesterday was the funeral. And um, my friend, I mean, we grew up opposite. My house is opposite his. We grew up together. And he's on drugs. And they, they, they were, the sister was telling me that when the father was dying, the father died at the age of 92, when the man was dying, I mean, like, uh, 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 and they have to carry him to the hospital. You know, the, the, that, that part of the world, they don't have ambulance, so they, they call the taxi to come and get the man to the hospital. When the taxi driver came to pick this man who was on his last leg, coughing and dying, my friend was trying to call uh, some money from the taxi driver no, so that he can use it for drugs. When the father was dying, 
you see, I'm not different from this guy because we grew up together, we played together, we, we were in the same area together. Our upbringing was identical, exact. His father died, and he's trying to con some few currency from the one who has come to help. It is worth serving Jesus Christ. I say it's worth serving the Lord. It is worth it. Even in this life, before we die, it is worth it. I don't know about you, but even now, I can say confidently, I have seen Jesus make a difference. I've seen, I've seen friends who grew up, got married, and they have children everywhere. Their wives don't even know how many children the husband has. If I hear himself, doesn't know how many children he has. He's not sure. He has a friend. And this is a close friend I'm talking about. He's not sure. So when anybody comes to knock on the door and say, This is your child, he doesn't argue. <laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. Give your, your neighbor high five and tell them it is worth it. It is worth serving the Lord. And it will be even better when Jesus appears. Hallelujah. Let me give you a few, a few five, five things if you like. Why it will be worth it. Number one. Why it's worth serving God. Why it's worth us paying the price to see others saved. Why it is worth every struggle, every, you know, um, discomfort that we go through. You know, staying up, fasting, praying. And in, in this church in particular, we don't pray for ourselves, it looks like. <laughs> it looks like. It looks like we never pray for ourselves. It's all about praying for others. It's all about other people's problems, not our problems. But I tell you, it's worth it. The first reason why it is worth it is because we, we will see many being saved. We will see many lives transformed. We will see it in the end. I don't know about you, but when, when, uh, when somebody, somebody you know, whose life was going nowhere, and through you the person's life is transformed, when you see that type of person, the joy that comes on you, I don't know whether you've experienced that before, the joy that comes on you is different. When you see that life changed, it's different. One day, we had just finished church. And we, you know, after church, yeah, we stand outside, you know, milling around, chatting. And we're standing outside, just chatting. Then we saw this car with the uh, sunroof off. You know, this uh, soft top. The roof was, and the music was blasting, poo, poo. There was a guy sitting in the car coming, driving slowly and making so much noise. And so we all stopped ch uh, chatting and looking. Not knowing this guy was my classmate. This was in London some years ago. He had a cigarette and it was just poop, 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 poop. And so when he saw us, he just came down. Music still blaring. And he came down. Hey, what's up? So we tried to teach cool. <laughs> church. Like, yeah, what's up? I mean, it's a wild guy. He had just on he was on his way from a party that had gone overnight. And we are Sunday morning, we are finished church. And he's still he's like he's on his way home. 
So he's, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Making so much noise. So we, we are here. This is our church. And we introduced him to church. And he had a, uh, there are fine girls here, so I'll come and check them out on Sunday. So here come, they are fine girls. So. <laughs> so this guy. So this guy came, came to church, you know, and he started coming. He came the first time. He came the second time. He came the third time. He came the fourth time. As we speak, he's a pastor. Married with four children. Yeah, he's a pastor with the church. And this was the guy who was a... <sighs> I'm telling you, when you see it, it's worth everything. It's worth the discomfort. It's worth the tithes and offering. It's worth the embarrassment. It's worth the time. Isaiah chapter 5. Verse 14 to 16. Therefore, hell has enlarged itself and has opened its mouth beyond measure. Their glory and their multitudes and their pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. What that scripture is saying is that heaven has done renovations. He, uh, sorry, hell has done renovation. Hell has done expansion. Because hell did not expect the amount of people who they are receiving now. Are you getting it? They are, they, 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 the hell was built for Satan and his angels or his, his demons. And now, there are so many people that are coming in. Multitudes, the Bible says that multitudes are coming in. And so, hell has had to undergo expansion. You know, if, if we, we, this church, or if all of a sudden, there are 1,000 people come into the, through the doors now. Or 2,000 people enter through the doors now. We have to do renovations. Isn't it? We have to create more floors. We have to expand because it was not designed to have 2,000 people. Are you getting it? So the scripture is saying that hell has increased its itself. Next verse. Next verse. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. Means that all these people who are feeling who are big and they are coming and they are partying and they are all on their way. And the difference is you and I. We are the ones that prevent them. We are the ones that are standing in between the entrance and them to say that no, there is a better way. No, we can do better. No, we can listen. Hell is not meant for you. Heaven is the place you want to be. This life, it can be better. Do you know that it is not when you die alone that you go to hell? Some people are living in hell. Whilst they are alive. They are preaching. Some people do you know do you know how how it will feel to to take somebody's life? When you sleep, you don't sleep. 
You see faces. You are being tormented and you are still alive. Hallelujah. You, you know, and, and sometimes we, even as Christians, we force our pastors not to preach about heaven and hell. We force them to preach nice messages that will make us feel good about ourselves. You see, one, one man died and went to, when he died, he, he was not, he was, you know, like that out of body experience. This man was in the hospital, was in coma. And he said that his, he felt his spirit leave his body. And as he was, he, he left, an angel held his hand and said, let me show you something. And then he took this guy to hell. And then as he, well, the guy was a pastor. The, the, the guy who was dying was a pastor. So he, the, the angel took him to hell. When he got to hell, you know who he found? He found one of his main church ashes there who had died. And the usher was angry and swearing and cursing the pastor. Because the usher was in torment and was cursing the pastor. And the pastor was surprised. First of all, he was surprised to see his usher there. And secondly, the way the man was angry at him, insulting him and trying to throw things at him, you know, and he was surprised. So the angel was trying to move him. Then he said, no, I want to hear why he's so angry. So, so for the minute, the angel stopped. And the angel called the, 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 the usher, and the usher came. And he was still swearing and angry and cursing the, the man. And he said, the pastor said, the angel asked, why are you so angry? So instead of preaching about hell and heaven, you are preaching about prosperity. You are preaching about living a better life. You are preaching about how my life will be smoother and nicer and everything. And you didn't tell me about so You made me forget that holiness was important. You made me forget that heaven and hell were two destinations that we may end, end up. So even though I was in church, I was living a life that was not based on church. That was not based on God. And that is why I ended up here. It is your fault. Preach, Pastor, preach. You are when he went through the, the, the hell experience and he came back to his body, his message changed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. His message changed. It, it was no more about dominion, power, prosperity, being, you know, living a nice life. No, 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 no. No. It's like, repent or die. <laughs> Hell or nowhere. Hell is real. There used to be a, 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 a pastor who used to preach, my, used to scare my wife, called Steve, Steve Hill. All he preaches about is about hell. When he starts to preach, then my wife is afraid. <laughs> he will create a fire on the stage. And then he will put a, 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 like a, a dummy of a human being in there. And it's burning, and that's his message. There is preaching in the background. <laughs> Nobody will tell you to run away. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he used to really scare my wife. 
Next, next verse. But the Lord who of but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God who is holy shall be hallowed in righteousness. He will be hallowed in righteousness because we his people will will do the things that will make his name great. We will rescue the perishing. We will care for the dying. We will will pay our monies to rescue. We will pay our times to to rescue. We will give of ourselves to rescue our friends. Some of us, we don't care about our friends, whether they go to hell or not. We are cool with them. As to where they will end up is not our problem. Amen. I pray that this message will affect somebody. Number two, why it will be worth it all. Number two. You and I will be rewarded. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 to 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that the Lord will receive the reward. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. You have been given 10 people to look after. Do it unto the Lord and not unto men. Don't wait for somebody to ask you, so where are the people you are supposed to look after? Where are the people you are supposed to be uh, following up? Where are the people you are supposed to be praying for, visiting? No, no, do it heartily unto the Lord. Their lives depend on your prayer. Am I talking to somebody? Their lives depend on your prayer. They depend on your visitation. The difference between their destination, whether heaven or hell, depends on you. So do it as unto the Lord. 24. Knowing that from the Lord you receive a reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, no pastor can reward you. No bishop can reward you. No church can reward you. When you do this work, you do it on the blind side of everybody. Whether you do it, there are sometimes you give it names, you don't do anything about them. Do you understand? I know people who we used to do that, will give you uh, like a form when you visit them, write the day you visited, and what, what, when you pray, write how, how many hours you prayed for them and uh, for the person. We used to have all those type of forms. And, and, and we realized that it doesn't work because people will just fail it. And you know how, how we, we got to know that people will fail it? Because you see that the response over the period becomes the same. I pray 15 minutes. And then you see that the time, they'll be changing the times. So we said, now, nah. whether you want to do it or not, it's fine. You just, these are the names. Pray. It's, you are doing it unto the Lord, not to any pastor. Nobody is, is coming to. But if you do it, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, you also be rewarded. <laughs> Hallelujah. You didn't like that bit. 1 Corinthians 
15:58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abandoned in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Your labor is not in vain. Anything you do for God, guys who come to play music, guys who come to sing, it is not always easy. Sometimes you have to go out of your, 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 your way. The hours you have to put on to do all this. And you come here, you sing the one song, you sing about 15 times, and it's still not working, and you're scratching, and you want to go. Maybe you are hungry. Maybe, you know, you, you, are, you are not comfortable. You are going through your menstrual cycle, and things are not working. You have to go through all this, and then people be shouting at you and making you feel very some way. Ah. Meanwhile, you are really what things are knocking things under, and you are not feeling very powerful. But your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I say, Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You have assignments to do, you have exams to write, and they say, Come and play music, come and do rehearsals. Amplified is coming. They say all night. Come and rehearse all night. I mean, people are sleeping. Say, come and sing. <laughs> it is worth it. I say it is worth it. Galatians chapter six verse nine says that, and let us not be, grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. The third reason is that you will rule in the world to come. You will reign with Christ in the world to come. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I have overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. Hallelujah. If we overcome all that we need to overcome to serve God here in this life, I say if we overcome as he overcame, we will sit and rule with him. Hallelujah. Yeah, Christianity and the Christian life is an intense training for the world to come. Amen. How many you say that Christianity requires a lot of discipline? Give me a wave. Yeah, rulership requires discipline. You can't be a ruler when you are not disciplined. So what you are going through is a rehearsal of uh, ruling and reigning with Christ. You can't go to some places. You can't do some things. You can't say some things. You can't watch some things. You can't watch that. So somebody said, Pastor, I mean, the only thing that really gets me down that I'm a Christian is I can't swear. I can't curse. Because I'm a workplace. Everybody's cursing. And when you're not cursing, you become a victim. Now that I become a Christian, I can't swear. I can't use certain bad language. So people are always using on me. And then I have to suck it up. Increase your vocabulary. That's all I say to you. <laughs> People who don't have enough vocabulary, they're the ones who swear. Yeah. Have you not realized that the, the place where they swear differs? The job you do, yeah. the job you do, you do would increase the swearing. As you go to a better job, there's no swearing. It reduces because people have more vocabulary. So somebody can dress you down and call you a, a fool and not call you a fool. Use the word fool. But you feel like a fool by the time they finish talking to you. You have to have alternative words. <laughs> so, because I can't swear, I have a lot of vocabulary. <laughs> One number we are. Let's finish this. Amen. 
<laughs> what, what, what number are we on? You are the light of the world. First John 4, 4. You are the you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Amen. John 16, verse 33 says, These things are spoken to you that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. You are the first to make a difference in your family. How many will agree with that? You are the first to make a difference. See, you are not serving God just for you, for you but you are the first to break a certain, a certain uh, storyline in your bloodline. Because you know God and you serve God. The thing that has perpetrated in your, in your bloodline that thing, that chronic disease or chronic failure or chronic uh, sickness or whatever it is that has followed your bloodline. Your great-grandfather had this problem. Your grandfather had this problem. Your father also had this problem. But because you know God, your story is changing. And your children's story will change. And your children's children's story will change. David said, I have been old. I have been young and now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. See, when you serve God, you don't serve God for yourself alone. You serve God to change the story of your, cho- your children. Oh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. Yeah, your children's, your children's testimony are changing. We change because of you. Hallelujah. So you make a difference. The blood lines that you come in, your lineage is changing because of you. Amen.